Hey everybody, welcome to Salem Fields Community Church. I'm Pastor Chris. Thanks so much for being here. We hope that Salem Fields is a place that you can belong and we would love for you to fill out a connection card. We'd love to connect with you and you can do that really easily by just visiting salemfields.com contact. Well, this week we're continuing our State of the Church series, Engaging the Vision, and Pastor Jason has a really powerful message to share. He's going to talk about how we all get knocked down, but how God gives us the strength and the power to be resilient. And he's going to share specifically about a new ministry that he's involved in called RAW. So it's going to be a great service today. We're super, super excited. And as we get ready for the service, go ahead and go on social media if you haven't already and, and share, like, comment, uh, let your friends know that you're worshiping with us because that really helps us to get the word out about all the great things that God is doing here at Salem Fields. Well, we hope that you enjoy the service and we hope that you experience God in a real way today. Thanks so much for joining us. Waking up from the longest night Fixing my eyes on a new horizon Joy before me, leave the past behind There's no turning back, there's no turning back Boldly I run into your presence Faith like a child, known and protected Here in your arms, my shame is unraveling Unraveling, you make me skies now i'm dancing in the light of heaven grace has found me brought me back to life there's no turning back there's no turning back boldly i run into your presence faith like a child known and protected here in your arms my shame is unraveling unraveling you make me
God, you are worthy of all of my praise. Sing it out. With every breath that's in my lungs, my heart cries out to you belongs the glory. Through every loss or victory, my soul will rise to only bring
worthy of our praise in every season, in every circumstance, God. And we know that praise is our battle cry. We know that we can greet every single circumstance, every single struggle with praise and know, Father God, that it will move your heart, that you will move and you will transform things. So we praise you. Who's tasted but never known defeat? Who's never left a fight without victory? Who is this King of glory? Our God so strong and mighty. Cause the battle belongs to our God. The battle belongs to our God. He is fighting for us. He is fighting for us. We see who conquers feet. And tells the dark to flee, now raised to life. Defeated the enemy, who is this King of glory? Our God so strong and mighty, we declare the Be 
story in the Bible where the Israelites are going to defeat an enemy. And God calls Moses to lift his staff into the air. And as long as his staff is held straight in the air, the Israelites would defeat the enemy. But if he lowered it, they would be defeated. So Moses would hold it out and the Israelites would be defeating the enemy. But then he would get tired and then it would start to drop. And then they would start to lose the battle. And here's the symbol of that. It's a declaration that we cannot fight the battle in our own strength. It is God's battle to fight. It is his power. It is his might. It is who he is. So whatever you face, know it is not just your fight. That you have a God that is fighting for you. So I lift my head in the battle. Set my eyes on your face. Yeah, my war cry is praise. Yeah, it is. So I lift place to be than in your presence and we thank you that you're here today 
and that uh, we serve a God who goes before us, a God who fights our battles. And I can imagine that uh, those gathered here on site and those who are watching us online all around the world are dealing with battles today. And sometimes when we get in the midst of the battle, we're, we're wondering how this is going to work and how is it going to end up. And the good news is that God is the God who fights our battles and so we can lift our heads and we can lift our eyes. I'm reminded of the Ark of the Covenant that would go in front of the Israelites, the people of God, into the battle. And that Ark had the presence of God in it. It would go before the battle. And so wherever you are today, whatever you're dealing with, whether it's a financial issue or a health issue or relationship issue, whatever the issue is today, the God who goes before, the God who is for us, the God who loves us, the God who sent his son to, to take care of the biggest battle that we had, which is sin that separated us from him, that God goes before the battle. And so we can just kind of give whatever those battles are to him today. And so we talked about lifting our heads and, and, and I, I, I lift my hands today with this, ma making this, this symbol that, that as I turn my hands over, I'm saying, God, the battle is yours. The battle is yours. The things I'm dealing with, the things that, that scare me, the things that keep me up at night, I'm giving it to you, Father. It's yours, take it. Maybe you're in a battle this morning that was something of your own causing. And you're thinking, well, there's nothing that God can do for me, that God won't show up this time. He does show up. He will show up. When we cry out to him in the midst of the battle, he shows up. And here's what we know. When God shows up, there's more for us than there are against us. And so today, Father, we, we walk in that and that reality that you're the God who cares about us, that you're the God who loves us, that you're the God who's for us, that you're the God fighting our battles so we can lift our heads. Thank you for what you're doing in this day. You are still winning battles. And all we have to do is put our trust in you not try to figure it all out ourselves, not try to bootstrap it, but to put our trust in you. Thank you, Father, for being the God who wins the battle. We give you praise today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Please be seated. Well, today I get the opportunity to do something that's really cool and uh, dedicate some kids to the Lord. And so uh, I'm going to ask both of the families that are here and extended families to come on up. Come up this stage and this stage. I'm going to put you right here up front. So just come on up. Extended family too. Yep, the, everyone. Yeah. Two great looking families here today. And so we're excited about having them here today. And one of the things that we can do uh, now that we've done gotten through all of this pandemic stuff, if, if we can actually do these kind of things. So we're excited. Come on over. I'm going to put you guys front and center. No one wants to see me. They see me all the time. There you go. There you go. 
What a great, what a great group of folks here today. We're excited you're here, and we thank you for the privilege of, of dedicating you. One day, the Bible says in Matthew, children were brought to Jesus in hopes that he would lay hands on them and pray over them. But the disciples shooed them off. And, uh, and, but Jesus intervened and said, let the children alone. Don't prevent them from coming to me. God's kingdom is made up of people like these, and after laying hands on them, he left Nathan, Brianna, and Mary, and presenting Nathan, Bryce, and Kensington for dedication, you signify not only your own belief in the Christian faith, but also your desire that they may early know and follow the will of God and may live and die as Christians and enter into everlasting life and blessedness. In order to have this happen, in order for this to happen, it will be your duty as Nathan and Bryce's and Kensington's parents to teach them early the respect and reverence of the Lord, to watch over their education so they will not be led astray, to direct their young minds uh, to the house of the Lord and to keep them from evil relationships and habits. And as much as in you lies by the grace of God to bring Nathan and Bryce and Kensington up in the care and direction of the Lord. Will you, Nathan, Brianna, and Mary endeavor to do so with the help of God? If so, say we will. Awesome, awesome. It takes a a godly extended family to raise godly kids in a very dirty world. And so I ask you, Nathan and Bryce's and Kensington's extended family, will you live a life of faith and holiness before them so that they may see Christ in you and want to follow him? If so, answer, we will. Amen. Awesome. Now I ask you, Salem Fields. Community church belongers, will you commit yourself as the body of Christ to support and encourage Nathan and Brienne and Mary as they endeavor to fulfill their responsibilities to these children and to assist Nathan and Bryce and Kensington by nurturing their growth towards spiritual maturity? If so, answer with a hearty, we will. Awesome, 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 awesome. So I'm going to do this one at a time. So, Rice, I think I can, ah, there you go. Rice, I dedicate you to God in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you for Price. We thank you that you knit him together in his mother's womb. We thank you that you have been with him. And Father, we pray that you would be with him in the days to come. Father, we pray that he would grow up and know you and become a champion for the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that the world would be changed because of Bryce's uh, time in it. And Father, we pray your very best for him today. And we pray all of this in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you, man. Ah, good hug. Thanks. Now, Kensington. Uh oh, <laughs> all right. Okay, so you can stay there. You can stay there. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You can stay there. I'll just do this. Can I do this? All right. There you go. There you go. Okay. Father, we thank you. <laughs> She's like, I'm not happy. You can hold her. And I'll, there we go. There we go. Kensington, I dedicate you to God in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for Kensington. 
We thank you for creating her, Father. We thank you that you were there on the day that she was conceived, and you loved her then, and you love her now. And Father, we pray for your very best in her. And Lord, we pray that she comes to know you and serve you, Father. The whole world would be changed because of her presence. Lord, I pray that people around her would be changed because of your presence in her life and her belief in you. Thank you for her. Bless her today. And Father, we pray that you would be with her always. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Amen, Amen. God bless you. Thank you. All right, Nathan. Let's see. Uh, Uh, We'll see. We'll see. All right. All right. So far, so good. So let me not let me not mess this up by taking too long. Nathan, I dedicate you to God in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for Nathan, and we thank you for what you're doing in his life. We thank you that you've known him from the, the the point of creation, and you've loved him, Father. You know the hairs on his head. You know everything about him. And so, Father, I pray that you would be with him in these days, that he would come to know you as Lord and Savior, and that he would serve you all the days of his life, and that the world would be a different place because this champion of the Lord Jesus Christ was in it. We thank you for him. We ask that you would bless him, be with his family today, as they love him and serve him. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless you. There you go. Yeah. So here's the deal. We have a couple of packages here for you, and uh, we want to give these to you. That one's, you want to carry that one? There you go. This one's for Kensington. There you go. And this one's for Nathan. And let me tell you what's in there. In there is a rose that you would, we ask you to kind of remember this day by. Also, there's a little plaque that you can put up on the room somewhere, and uh, that's a decoration that we'll talk about this day. But also, and then also there's a Bible in there. And so uh, we're hoping that it will be one of their first Bibles that has Bible stories in it. And then there's something that I put in there special. There's two certificates. And I will ask you as parents to keep one. And I will take one and put it away somewhere. And here's what I want you to do. When they turn 11 or 12 years old, when they're old enough to know, I want you to pull that out. And I want you to say to them, you don't belong to us. We dedicated you to the Lord Jesus Christ on May the 23rd, 2021. And remind them and say to them, now it's your turn. It's your turn to make a decision to follow the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for the privilege of dedicating your kids. God bless you. Give them a round of applause. Um, This is a special Sunday, not only because of child dedication, which we're so uh, grateful to have had the privilege to do, but we're going to continue to live out and to talk about what it means to do vision and what it means to uh, engage the vision. And one of the things that we're excited about here is a part of engaging the vision is supporting what I call local ministry partners. And so one of our local ministry partners is Raw, the Raw Foundation. And uh, Pastor Jason is here, and he's going to tell you all about it. Would you give Jason a warm Salem Fields welcome as he speaks? Well, good morning. What a special, uh, 
I get, I get to share the stage with a, such a special time. Um, there's nothing better than watching families dedicate their children to the Lord. And so uh, awesome. Well, uh, you know, uh, this weekend kind of marks something that's a little bittersweet for me. Um, I've been part of Salem Fields Community Church for 21 years. Uh, I came to Salem Fields um, as a Marine in March of uh, 2000. And today uh, marks my uh, last uh, Sunday um, with as a as a pastor of Salem Fields, um, God has called me on to something new and exciting, um, which I'm super excited about. But yet, when this has been 21 years of your life, it's kind of sad to leave at the same time. But I'm excited about what God has in store. Um, but if you've been around and you've heard me preach before, you know me. I like to try to start with a little bit of a joke. So, you know, there was this couple, they were driving up from Tennessee, they were going up the 81 corridor there, which is the worst highway, I think, in, in Virginia. Um, you know, tra tractor trailers are not friendly there. But um, this young couple, they're driving up the road, and uh, they see these road signs for an upcoming town, and it's uh, Stanton, is what the wife says, and the husband says, no, it's Staunton. It's Staunton. And so, you know, they, they're this, there's this huge debate, back and forth, back and forth, Stanton, Staunton, Stanton, Staunton, and, and they're finally, you know what, let's just pull over and see what this place is actually called. And so they, they, they get in, they pull off the exit, they, they pull into town, and they stop at this building, and they, they walk in, there's this young lady behind the counter. And they said, you know, we've been having this debate um, back and forth about what the, what the proper way is to say this, um, where we're at, is, and could you, could you help us out? And she kind of looked at him, kind of puzzled. She said, well, this is Burger King. <laughs> All right, there we go. Hey, um, you know, we're going to be talking about resiliency uh, today. And resiliency is kind of a, a, is very much um, a story of my life. Um, it's about uh, you know, what it means to be resilient means to be able to bounce back. We're going to kind of talk about that today. You know, so many of us, I think, from our childhood, and I've got to back, back this up because you guys are dressed really nice today, and I don't want you to get messy. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's a little bit of a fun today. Um, but, you know, how many of us remember the nursery rhyme, Humpty Dumpty? So if you remember it, like, let's, let's say it together, okay? Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. Absolutely. You know, and that, that is the way it is for some, some people in life. You know, sometimes we hit troubles, we hit walls in life, and, and, um, and we feel like we're going to be just hitting rock bottom. We feel like when we hit, we're just, there's no way we're ever going to be put back together again. You know, when we've lost all hope, when we've lost all hope of, of, of things getting better, we just fall flat like Humpty Dumpty. And we can't be put back together again. But I'm here to share today that there is actually, there's a hope. That we don't have to hit this rock bottom. That we can be put back together again. We can, we're, we're actually designed more like this. You see, we're designed that when we hit, we all have times of trouble, but yet we can bounce back. You see, because God's designed us that way. That's what resiliency is all about. It's about bouncing back. Merriam-Webster writes at this, that the resiliency is the ability of something to return to its original size and shape after being compressed or deformed. A second definition is the ability to recover from 
or adjust easily to adversity or change. But see, so many times in life, we hit adversity or change that happens in our life, and we think it's the end of the world, and we start losing hope, and we end up like this egg over here where we've hit rock bottom, and we feel like we're never going to be able to bounce back. But God wants us to be able to bounce back. God's designed us for that. There's a book that I read um, some time ago. I, I've been studying resiliency amongst the military um, for some time. Um, and uh, there's a book by, by General Major uh, Dees, who's retired Army uh, general. And he defines resilience as this, the ability to become better, not bitter, to bend but not break, to return to full function and, and potential after an internal or external shock. In short, to bounce back. See, we're, we're supposed to be able to bounce back. This message uh, is, is personal to me, and before I kind of go into the message, I want to give you a background of where this message came from. It was about eight years ago, um, we had an event here at Salem Fields with an evangelist by the uh, name of Scott Humston. Scott Humston was a, uh, an illusionist kind of guy, and what we did all that week was we went out to um, the local elementary schools, and, and we, did, uh, we did some shows out there, and then we invited those kids to invite their parents back here to the building that night so they could learn about Jesus. And we did that every night, and we did about two shows a night, and we had probably about a couple thousand people for every show here. And so when we were doing that event, um, we were doing different things, the staff, and, and Rich and I decided we were going to direct traffic in the parking lot. And we were up at the corner, when you all come in on that curve up there, and we were up there, um, we had those parking batons, and Rich, you can remember this, we, we decided that we wanted to make sure that everybody smiled or laughed before they came in to the building, because we wanted to make sure that their hearts were softened to be able to hear the message of God that day. Because we didn't know if people had argued with their kids coming up the driveway or spouses arguing or that. I mean, that never happens coming to church, right? And so we wanted to make sure that we were soft for that. So we were doing weird stuff with these batons and everything out there. But there was one car, one car that I recognized, and I'll never forget. It was a silver Ford Explorer. And I'll never forget this young man, this man I won't say young man because uh, we were the same age, um, I could say I'm young. That works. Um, we, we, I recognized him sitting in the passenger seat of this Ford Explorer. But I was like, there's no way it could be this, this, this person I thought it was. That night, I came into the building, and I tried to find him throughout the building. I couldn't because it was so crowded. And I ended up with a con stack of connection cards that everyone filled out for being here at that event. And it was, you know, they were just stacked high. And that Monday, I came into my office, and I, I was started going through those cards. I didn't care about anybody else's cards that were filled out. I wanted to find out if this person's card was in that stack. And sure enough, it was. I'm not going to say his name here because I want to protect his name because I don't have permission to share that. But this, this person was a person that I served in the Marine Corps with our entire, my entire four years that I was able to serve. We went to boot camp together out in, in San Diego. So yes, for anyone that's here, it's Marine that's Paris Island. I'm a Hollywood Marine. Um, but, and I can't say the girl thing anymore because now women also train in San Diego for boot camp. So we used to have this joke back and forth. But we went through boot camp together. We went through infantry training together. We went through um, coxswain school together, which is learning to drive these rubber Zodiacs and um, how to come off a ship and do all these crazy things together. And then we went to Kuwait together and came to Quantico together. And so I called him up and I said, 
hey, this is uh, Pastor Jason from Salem Fields Community Church. Is this so-and-so? Uh, we would really like to thank you for coming to this event. He said, yeah, this is, this is so-and-so. I said, is this the same so-and-so that happened to be stationed with India Company 3-1 out in Camp Pendleton, California? He said, yes, uh, but who is this? I said, this is Pastor Jason at Salem Fields Community Church. I said, is this the same so-and-so that um, went on the, the 15th Mew, went, got deployed, went to Kuwait, came back from Kuwait, and uh, ended up at Quantico, where you went to TBS, and you were at Combat Instructor Company? And by this point, he's very agitated. He, doesn't, he wants to know, how did he get, I get all this information from a connection card? And uh, he, said, he said, who is this? I said, this is Mueller. And when we said my last name, it connected because that's how we know each other by in the military is our last name. And so I, we reconnected. It was like a kind of a family reunion uh, type thing. Um, what happened was that this person, uh, we, we both got out. I just celebrated 20 years of, um, I guess, of being out of active duty service this past week um, on, on May 19th. And um, we both got out in May of 2001. 9-11 happened. Um, I tried to get back in after 9-11 and was unable to due to um, a back injury that I've, I suffered while I was in Kuwait. And come to find out, this person got back in. And when he came to that event, he had just re retired, medically retired as a gunnery sergeant in the United States Marine Corps that May. And this was an event that we had in the fall. And come to find out, um, this person had shared with me that they had been shot in Iraq by a sniper and um, that, 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 that hit me hard. And then in conversation as we kind of, you know, I was there and I, I was feeling horrible for him and feeling horrible because I was supposed to be there for my brother and it was tearing me up. Um, I found out about other men that I had served with that didn't make it home. And that still bothers me to this day because those were my brothers. I'm sorry. You know, when you sign up for the military, there's such a family bond between the men and women you serve with, unlike any other thing outside of your family. And these were my brothers. You know, we didn't always see eye to eye, and they did some stupid things, and we didn't like each other sometimes. But you know, at the end of the day, we would, we were taking a bullet for each other. And so I um, I had talked with this person, and we got off the phone, and if, I tried to reconnect with them. We haven't always been able to connect back and forth, but um, I went on a I went on like this deep spiral for about three four months here at Salem Fields. If you know me and you've been around here with me, I've been a pretty high energy person, always floating around the building like a chicken with my head cut off for all these 21 years I've been here, trying to make sure things are in the right place. And, um, but for that time period, I, I was just, I couldn't tell you if I saw you or not. I just kind of walked through, went through the motions for months. It wasn't until a, Another a veteran here at the church came up to me and said, Jason, you just seem off. What's going on? And I shared with him what was going on. And, um, and he said, you know, he tried to reassure me that, Jason, there's nothing that you could 
do. You've served your country. You've served it when, you know, you can't control what happens when you serve those things. Tries to, you know, be encouraging. I even found myself at the VA uh, counseling session with counselors. And again, they able to say, well, this is classic survivor's guilt. And there's nothing you can really do about that because, you know, you've done all you can do. And it just didn't sit well with me. It didn't sit well with me. Um, and it bothered me. I mean, it still bothers me a little bit. But I'm doing a lot better with it. But fast forward a couple months later, Hollywood made a movie called American Sniper. Now, my oldest always likes for me to go to these movies or watch these movies with them because he wants to know if, um, if these movies, if, is this really how the military acts? Well, not. It's Hollywood. But there are real senses of realism with it. And I'll never forget, and being at Bowtie Theater in Richmond, I was supposed to spend the night with my son that night. We went to the late show. And I watched that movie. We were sitting at the very back. Um, and I couldn't get out of the theater fast enough when the movie came to a close. I felt this knot in the top of my chest that just was driving me nuts, and I wanted to leave. And I'm not, as I'm getting older, I'm a little more sappy and emotional, but I wasn't really sappy and emotional back then. But my son could see that something wasn't right. We were leaving the theater, and being the nice guy that I am, I, I got stuck holding the door for everyone that leaves the theater. No one would take the door. I just wanted out of the theater. I, wanted, I just wanted away from that building, and I couldn't. And I walked out to the parking lot, and my son said, Dad, are you okay? And I, I lost it. I broke down in tears, and I said, no, I'm not okay. And I said, I don't think I can spend the night with you tonight. I, I need to go home. And he's like, well, let me ride home with you. And I said, no, I, I need to be alone. And so I dropped him off at his townhouse. He was scared. He called my wife. My wife calls me. It's midnight. She says, are you okay? I said, no, but I, I will be. I just need to have this time right now. And I'll never forget, it was on that car ride home from Richmond. I was between Ashland and Lady Smith. And I was crying out to God, and I was praying to God, and God laid it on my heart so clear that, Jason, you're here to save the lives of your brothers and sisters now. I didn't really know what that meant, but it was shortly after that I started researching and finding out that how many suicides we have, veteran suicides we have every day. The number still holds strong at around 22, and this was eight years ago. So this is where this all comes from for me this, this morning as I share about the story of resiliency and what it means to be resilient. Because in my life here, I've had to learn to figure out this bouncing back that God wants for us. And so that, that not only gives you context to what this message is about, but it'll kind of give you context to what the back half of this day is about as I talk about what raw is and how it came to be. Really, that is how raw came to be, is from that. But I want us to think back to our own stories now. I want us to think back to a time in our lives when you remember being knocked down. I mean, we've all been there. You remember being knocked down? I mean, we had these beautiful children that were, were up here on stage, and, and one was an infant, and, and is learning to walk. And, and, he, and, and as he learns to walk, he, he gets knocked down or less off balance. He falls down, but yet does he stay down? No, he bounces up. 
See, he bounces up because that's what's in our, our internal nature is to want to bounce back up. You know, think about that time when we're, we're riding our bike for the very first time without training wheels and we fall over and then do we, do we stay down? No, we get up and we bounce back. And this is for all the guys in the room. Remember that time when you're sitting there on that date and you go in for that very first kiss and you get knocked down and rejected? Did you stop there? No. You bounced back. You found another girl to kiss or something. I don't know. <laughs> you know, but that's, that's like life. That's just, you know, I got to bring some humor into this every now and then. But the truth is we get knocked down. And we, 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 we bounce back up. That's what God, how God designed us. But yet so many of us, we get knocked down or we get knocked down so many times, so often or so hard that we end up like this egg. And we're just there, broken, laying in our brokenness, feeling like we can never, ever be put back together again. See, I think it's safe to say that there's a lot of us that are trying to get back up or are on the, are on the brink of getting knocked down. I think there's probably potentially listening, worshiping with us online or in this room a business owner wondering if they're going to make enough profit this month to keep their business going. Or there's that single mom that's hoping to, that she will make enough this month to be able to pay rent. Or there's someone that is waiting for the results of some medical test to come back. Or there's a military family that's waiting, that's anxious every time the doorbell rings, hoping they won't answer the door to be greeted with, we regret to inform you that your loved one. See, one thing is true for all people, that, know that we all are going to have times of trouble. But how we respond to those times of trouble, it, 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 it depends on how resilient they are. You see, Jesus himself faced times of trouble. And he promised us the same, that we would have times of trouble. But he also told us that we could have peace during those times of trouble. In John 16, it says, I have told you these things so that you may have peace. You may have peace. And in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart. I have overcome the world. I want us to take back there in this, this thing, this little line here says, in this world, you will have trouble. It doesn't say if you have trouble. He, Jesus is guaranteeing that we will have trouble. But how we handle that trouble will determine if we are like the egg or we're like the ball that can bounce back. You see, we all have those moments. I think back to this in military training, and if you've been a veteran, you understand this word, no matter, somewhere in your training, you heard the words, incoming! And we hit the deck, which means we hit the floor, ground, for, for those who may not know, but we, 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 we drop down. We take cover. And once that, once that earth is shaken or whatever that impact has been and happened, we bounce back up and we, carry, we charge forward with the mission. We have to get back. But we, and so how, how can we as people um, just build in this, this deep piece of resiliency in our lives that we can be these people that truly bounce back no matter what life is throwing at us? How do we do that? 
Well, I think we have to ask ourselves a couple key questions with this, and that is, do we want to get well, or do we want to bounce back? See, some of us, want, we want to live in this. We want to live as a victim. We want to live in this place of being broken because maybe we get a little pity or whatever is going on, but, but that's not being resilient. That's keeping us trapped. It, it keeps us stuck there thinking about past hurts or, 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 or brokenness or, or the things of the past. And we, we, while they are good to remember, but if we stay stuck there, we, we just remain here like this broken, humpty dumpty egg, trying and wait, wishing to be put back together. So we, have, but, so we have to ask ourselves, do we really want to bounce back or get well? And, and it, it, it takes work. You see, Jesus asked this very question. There was a man for about 30 years who stayed on his mat outside the pool of Bethesda, waiting for the Spirit of God to come down and stir the water to try to be the first one into the water so that he could be healed. He was a lame man laying on a mat. And he waited, and he waited, and he waited, and he waited, wanting someone else to do it for him. But yet Jesus comes along, and he saw him there, and when Jesus saw him, he knew how long he had been ill. He asked him, would you like to get well? Would you like to get well? The question you have to ask yourself is that same question that Jesus is asking this man at the pool of Bethesda. Do you want to get well? Do you want to bounce back? Do you want to be able to resist the attack spiritually, emotionally, physically that comes on our lives every day that we're living out our lives here on earth? See, warfare isn't just for those of us that have served in the military that happens in foreign lands. Warfare is something that happens to each and every us every one of us, every day of our lives because there's a spiritual warfare trying to take us down. And we need to learn how we can be resilient in nature so that we can bounce back and live out the hope that God has provided for us. So the question is, do you want to get well? Do you want to bounce back? You have to ask yourself that. And then we need a plan. How do we bounce back? You reach out your hand and you ask for help. And if you reach out your hand and you ask your help with the Father, he's going to give it to you. I have to share this verse with you. As I, um, last weekend, I had um, our very first raw retreat, Resiliency Among Warriors retreat. I took a group of people um, from Salem Fields here that are veterans or are part of the, the definition of warriors, I'll give you a little bit later, um, up to this uh, Lodestar Mountain in West Virginia. It's a retreat center that, um, that God's blessed me to be able to have access to to do these retreats. And on our last day, last Sunday, we went down to this little sheep barn that had been rebuilt for like, it was a, the woods like from 1843. And they rebuilt this sheep barn into a chapel that sits on the side of this mountain. And, um, and in, this, in this chapel, this isn't actually it. This is just our gathering of a retreat. But in this chapel, there's no electricity. It's okay, you can have the picture there. The, there's no electricity. There's kerosene lanterns there. But yet, oddly enough, there's a gas fireplace there. So, um, that, but we were in this little uh, chapel with this group. And there up front is this pulpit that was built back right after the Civil War. And on there was this Bible that had been opened. And one of the people from the retreat who's here with me today said, Jason, look at this verse 
Right here, I came in here and the Bible was open to this. This says to me exactly what Raw is all about. And I thought it was so fitting for our message today. It says this, it says from Psalms 120 verse 1, it says, I call on the Lord in my distress and he saved and he answers me. You see, when we call on God in our times of trouble, he will answer us. He will be there for us. I think that's shown when you go and you read the story of what happened to Peter on the water in Matthew chapter 14. I mean, how many of you remember that story that Jesus had sent his disciples off? They were on the boat. They said, go on out there. I'll catch up to you later. Well, they're like, okay. But then they're trying probably, they're probably a little questioning, like, how is he going to catch up to us later? We're on the boat. He's out there. All the boats are out here. What's going to happen? Well, in the middle of the night, as there's kind of a storm going on, the disciples look out onto the water, and there's this figure walking across the water. And it's Jesus walking on the water. And, 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 and they're scared, and they're afraid that this is maybe some evil spirit that's out walking on the water, but it's Jesus out there. And they said, Jesus, if that's truly you, ask me to come out and join you. That's what Peter says. And Peter, Jesus says, come on, Peter. Come on, walk on the water. And Peter gets out. He's excited. He was going to walk towards Jesus. He's walking towards Jesus. And all of a sudden, he sees the crashing waves coming in around him. And, and, and he sees this terrible storm and the, the clouds in the sky. And, and he's, he's taking his eyes off Jesus. And uh, the life is caving in around him. Can't we all relate? Like life caves in around us. And he starts to sink in this water. Just like when we start sinking in the times of trouble that we have. But yet, what does Peter do? He cries out. He says, help me, Lord. He reaches up his hand and says, help me. And Jesus reaches down, grabs Peter by the hand, looking him in the face, and pulls him back up to safety. Now, the verse goes on, to, the story goes on to say about questioning Peter's faith in that. But I, what I love is this, is that even though Peter's faith may be suffering or struggling at times during the midst of the storm, when Peter cried out for help, Jesus helped. And Jesus will help you, and Jesus will help me. So if we're going to bounce back, we need to reach out for the hand of God. We need to ask for help. Sometimes that comes through that of a close friend or a pastor or, or um, a loved one. But if we're going to be creatures, if we're going to be people of resiliency, we need to ask for help. The second thing is this, is by, we, we need to uh, bounce back by physically picking up ourselves and to start taking action. We just can't lay on the ground expecting to bounce back. You see, Jesus had gone back with this, this, this man at the, at the pool of Bethesda, and he said, do you want to get well? Well, the man answered, sir, I have no one to help me get in the pool when the water is stirred, while I'm trying to get in, someone else always goes down ahead of me. Then Jesus said to him, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. Now, Jesus could have taken him over to the pool and put him in there, but no, he tells the man, get up. Jesus didn't lay his hand on him. He told the man, get up, pick up your mat, and walk. This man had to take action for himself. He kept waiting for someone to give him a handout, to help someone to help him get into that place of healing, to help him get through that trouble. But yet, you, but in order for us to get the help we need during that, that time of trouble, we have to take the first step. We have, to, we have to take action. 
That means if we're down and out, we take action to get ourselves better by, by reaching out to someone or, or that. We don't just sit back and wait for someone to come to us, is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, take upon your healing and your, yourself by reaching out and asking for help, but by taking a step of action is what he's saying. You see, that's what God's telling all of us. That, that we, we can be, we can bounce back. You know, this week hasn't been the easiest week for me. It's been a bittersweet week for me. And I'm going to try to wrap this up quick because we, I don't want to keep you here all day. But it's important to understand that, that this week is one of those weeks where God's laid this on my heart. To step out in faith to do this foundation, to step away from the security of working within the confines of the church, to, to, to have that as my, my way of making a living, to stepping out in faith and, and, and to, to move forward with what he's asking me to do, to, to save the lives of my brothers and sisters now. And, and, and as I prepare for that, and then to find, to find out that this is my last weekend here, and, and, and to, to, to think about it, like it's, it's, it's the trouble's coming, the, the doubt's coming, and everything's coming, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hit the ground. But you know what's awesome? When you were resilient, you know, I had a great team of people that were up at the mountain with me, and they've helped me get through this, some of this this week, is that as low as I'm, as I'm focused going down because of things changing or things are changing and there's adversity and there's all those things are going on, but yet when I come back up, I'm moving up. I'm moving up towards what God has for me. See, that's the great thing. When you're resilient, you gotta, you're going to hit, but you come back up. And going back up means there's a bigger picture involved. And God has a bigger picture. And for me, that's raw. Resiliency among warriors. I shared with you earlier how raw started to come to be as I, as I reconnected with this, this Marine Corps brother of mine and, and started hearing his story. And, and over the course of this eight years of, of trying to, to figure out how I'm going to serve my brothers and sisters that have, that have served with me in the military, um, that, that how am I going to serve them? God's been working. It started, with, it started with doing huge Veterans Day celebrations here at Salem Fields and honoring our veterans. And, and, and then uh, moving into studying some military resiliency at, at Liberty. And, and, and God kind of laying that on my heart to two months ago stepping up on a mountaintop in West Virginia where a man said, why, Jason, aren't you doing this yet? It's been eight years. And I said, because I'm waiting on this, this, and this, and this to line up. And he said, that's not how faith works. He said, God's looking for you to take a step forward. And it was like a God moment up on top of that mountaintop. And, and so for, for the past two months, I've hit the ground running, trying to establish and put together this foundation. This foundation. And, and people might ask, like, why do you need a military veterans foundation? We have things that help the wounded warriors. We have, we have um, the VA. Well, we have the VA. Um, it still needs a lot of work, but we're getting there. But, you know, it's because of this. We have so many veterans. There's not enough help out there. It's no different than saying this to somebody that says, why do we need another church in this place here? Because there's not enough churches if everyone decided to go to church, there wouldn't be enough seats for the people in this community to sit down. 
That's why you have to plant and move forward and do things. And, and, and the same holds true with that for veterans. There, there are over 19.8 million veterans in the United States right now. And if every veteran decided they needed help at the same time, there would not be enough help out there for them. 19.8 million veterans are currently in the United States. Now, out of that, um, we've got this Virginia. Virginia marks number three in the country for veterans based on the entire population of the Commonwealth of Virginia. Because I've already somebody said, well, Texas has more. Well, Texas isn't always better, Oscar. <laughs> hey, I, I serve with a lot of guys that are from Texas. But based on population alone, the, the percentage of population that are veterans within the Commonwealth of Virginia, we rank number three in the country. And the very top, uh, the very, uh, as you look down the east coast there of, of Virginia, the east side of Virginia there, it's a lot darker here. You can't really make it out there, but it's darker than the other parts of the Commonwealth. That's because in those areas, it makes, the veteran population makes up 10% of the population of those communities and counties. Within Spotsylvania, Stafford, King George, Caroline, um, and Orange, we have over 17,000 veterans living in our community that need help. That's not the active duty military. That's veterans that need help. You see, an estimated 62% of combat veterans' marriages will end up in divorce. The statistic's too high. One-third of our military families struggle with being able to pay their monthly expenses. I can tell you this much. When I was uh, uh, coming out of boot camp, I, I was able to get promoted pretty quick, and so I, I came out of my infantry training, and I was a, a lance corporal, so that's an E3. And so it doesn't matter what branch of service you serve in. Well, it does, but if you decide to serve in some of those other things of the military, uh, besides the, the Marine Corps, um, it doesn't matter. E3 is an E3, and you get paid the same. And up until the rank of an E5 or above, you are still at the poverty level in what you make for a living. That, that means that, that as an E3, E4, and, and some of these are men and women that are coming out, they're young, and they're going to take life by, by, the, by the horns, and they're going to get married and have a family and all this stuff, and um, they're living at the poverty level. They are still living, able to go and claim food stamps. The military does guarantee you three square meals a day and a head over your roof, but they don't guarantee you a big paycheck. And then these, then these you know, me, I will speak to this for myself. I made the mistake. I was stationed out in Camp Pendleton, and I was an E3, and I went to, I took the, what we called the Camp Pendleton, the 305 Loser Cruiser, which was the bus. And we went from, I went from the north side of base to the main gate to Ocean Slime, Oceanside, California. And um, go there to get my hair cut. And right outside that gate, there's check advance. Well, I need a little money so I can go buy pizza or I can take the train down to San Diego to do something. So let's just write that check and they'll just, they'll get it out of my next paycheck. So many young Marines get themselves in so much trouble doing that. I was one of them. So many young Marines or young service members will go out and get that, that, that DPP credit card and go and buy that big screen TV for their barracks room that you don't need, but you just want to have it because it's cool. Because you can. 
and they rack up all these expenses and they, 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 they form all debt. There's over, most, most military families are, are within their first four years of the service are already $10,000 in debt. And I share these statistics to you because it all feeds back that if you're not financially stable and you're focused on that, it's going to affect your marriage, it's going to affect those relationships, and it's going to impact the suicide rate in which we have because they felt like they've hit rock bottom and there's no climbing out and they, don't have, no, they have no hope. And it leads to us having a suicide rate of just over 22 suicides a day by our veterans. You can almost triple or quadruple that number of how many suicide attempts are by our veterans. Our veterans only make up 7% of the population in the United States, but yet they make up 13.9% of the suicides in the United States. They're struggling. So why do we need raw? Because there's too many men and women that are out there struggling. You see, the struggles are real. They need help. They need hope. They need to, they need to heal. They need to discover their purpose, that there's a purpose for them. You know, um, we had a young man by the name of Isaiah Schaefer who grew up here at Salem Fields Community Church, and I'll never forget this early on in uh, my days here. He was a, uh, just a ball of energy high school student that wanted to join the Marine Corps and served in Iraq, and he, I've talked with him here recently, and he shared his struggles. What are some of those, uh, you know, if you don't mind sharing, some of those struggles that you've kind of, you've had uh, since, uh, you know, when you came home from, from Iraq um, after leaving the Marine Corps, um, and, and, you know, what type of impact did that have not only on you, but on the people around you, like your, your yeah. family? For sure. Uh, well, my, in Ramadi, I got hit by a roadside bomb, um, and uh, I didn't. I had a head injury. Uh, well, we didn't know the significance of it, um, and then I started having seizures from it. And so I was a helmet kid for a little while. I had to wear a helmet, uh, which was. Uh, I always joke it was really hard to get a date um, when I had a helmet on my head walking through the mall. But I joke about that. But I, I struggled with that. Uh, a lot of memory issues. Um, they didn't really, when I was hit by that roadside bomb back in the day, the Marine Corps really didn't understand the traumatic brain injury side of things. Um, that came later on when they started seeing more and more and more. Um, so I struggled a lot and to this day still do very much so with, uh, with memory issues, um, uh, emotional issues, just as far as, you know, I'll cry for no reason at all and, or, it seems like a crazy thing, but yeah, I still see uh, polytrauma for that. Um, another, some of, some of my other issues, uh, or not issues, I wouldn't say issues. Some of my other struggles are, um, you know, you never really forget the war. I feel like it was just yesterday. Um, and then I, I catch myself going, man, that was a long time ago. Uh, and it still feels like the nightmares or, and they're not every night, they're occasional. Um, but it's, and they've gotten significantly better, um, through time, but it always feels like it was just yesterday. Uh, some of the other struggles I deal with is, is I keep losing Marines, even off the battlefield. Um, you know, it's, it's really, uh, hard for me. Um, I've buried a lot of Marines off the battlefield, uh, gone to a lot of funerals and a lot of times it's by their own hand um, sometimes it's not 
but a lot of times it's by their own hand and it's uh that's hard for me you know um because we all we all struggle um but just on the battlefield you can at least be there you know and you can you can watch their six or their back or whatever uh but off the battlefield you just get a phone call and it's like man just if you'd have called me i could have had your six again i could have watched you i could have become i'd have gone wherever to be there next to you and instead it's all of us getting together and laughing and joking and having those memories and going i really wish you'd have just called us you see the struggle's real uh, the, 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 the truth is, is I think I've talked with more veterans that are burying their, their brothers and sisters now than they were when they were in Iraq or Afghanistan. You know, the struggle doesn't just impact that of the veteran or those that serve, but it also impacts those that are our, our children, our spouses. It, it makes an impact on those that maybe weren't even born when we were serving, but are, they're, that are alive after our service. Like this. How has my service or me going to the war, how has it impacted your life? Because you weren't alive at that time. So how has it impacted you from what you think? I mean, because you've only known me since I got out of the war, but you've seen my struggles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so how have your struggles impact? How have you seen your dad's struggle? How has that impacted you? Um, sometimes I'll say things to him. And two seconds later, he's like, wait, what were you just doing? So, so his memory is kind of a thing because, like, I'll just say something to him, and then when it actually comes around, he's like, I don't even remember when we were talking about that. Like, what are you talking about? And um, so it's been hard, but sometimes it's been hard, but I think he's gotten a lot better from where he was in the beginning. He's got a ton there. He's doing really good. Yeah. How do you think I was in the beginning? I think it it was hard for you. Okay. Because of, you know, people getting hurt and you had to see all of that. Mm -hmm. But, and so you had to deal with it with the only way that you had because you didn't really have anyone to comfort you. So I think that you do with it the only way that you could with this drinking, but you've gotten a lot better with that. A ton better, actually. She's, you're awesome. You are awesome. Well, it's been hard. Um, but I know that it's all going to get better soon. You think it's gotten any better? Yes, ton. Good. Okay. Definitely. So it's not easy watching your dad struggle, is it? It's not. It's not easy watching. You know. See, it impacts so many more than just that veteran. It impacts the children, the spouses of those that have served. You know, one thing that I that I think that God's led me to with Raw is that it, it extends beyond that to the parents and the siblings of those that have served. You know, I can remember talking to my mom and it was years later and her watching, telling me about how she used to watch CNN when I was deployed. And she would know things that are going on in the country, in the world that I had no clue were going on. 
But I'll never forget that, you know, when you know things are starting to happen, especially when you're a Marine and you're deployed on a ship, that they cut off the email. You can't make any outgoing emails. And I'll never forget, it was the night before we were supposed to go to Mombasa, Kenya. And we woke up the next morning, and the embassy in Kenya and Eritrea had been bombed. And so I can only imagine, because there was no communication going back and forth between me and my mom, what my mom had to be going through as she's watching that on the news, knowing that based on the updates she was getting on where we're at in the world, we were right there off the coast. Now, my unit, we ended up going back up to the Persian Gulf, and they brought in other units. But my service impacted my mom. I have Terry Reese with me here today, who's a part of the Blue Star Moms, um, who's also part of my raw leadership team. And Blue Star Moms, if you're not familiar, are those that have children that have, are serving. There's also Silver Star Moms, which is part of the organization, which I have children that have been injured to the, to the call of duty. And there's the Gold Star Families and Gold Star Moms that are those that have lost their loved ones. And they've been impacted by service as well. And I asked Terry to come up and share with us because she's got a very powerful story of how military service has impacted her family directly. Um, well, nine years ago, my nephew came to my office and told me to take him to McGuire Woods in Richmond because in his truck he had a backpack and it had a gun and he was going to kill himself. And so I did. My sister was here at the earlier session. And um, so it's impacted the whole family because back then, nine years ago, there wasn't anything about PTSD or BTI. And also at that time, my son was entering into the Army and to listen to, to be in that room and listen to everything that my nephew said from Bosnia and then to send my child off four months later was um, was hard. Yeah, and then and then uh, you know Tyler had come home, and you know I know that Tyler struggled. He had three years outside of his active duty service to yeah. discover what his purpose was, and and he's, he's back now. He reenlisted because he just could not um, couldn't find his purpose. I don't think. You know, seeing that's that's so real. I mean, I think so many of the men and women that serve that when they come outside of their active duty service, they struggle trying to figure out what's next for them. You know, everything changes overnight. I'll never forget leaving the Marine Corps and becoming a civilian, and you got to put on what you wanted to wear. You got to put on, you know, you didn't have someone telling you what to wear. You didn't have to worry about getting in trouble for not having a belt on with your belt loops. <laughs> you know, those things. But we struggle because we were so used to it. But yeah, Terry, you were part of the retreat this last weekend, and I know a lot of things happened at the retreat up, but there, what, what benefit is there to RAW as an, as an organization being established and having something like that retreat center that you experienced? There were a lot for me. Um, I was one of several lucky ones who woke up on Saturday morning at 5 o'clock in the morning to see the most beautiful sunrise over the mountains on a um in an area that is absolutely gorgeous the next morning i woke up at 5 a.m and i went out and it was um it was overcast and the mist was coming from the mountains and so then we had the uh, we went into the small church and we had communion 
And I sat there and I looked at the seats, the legs in front of me from the uh, handmade seats, and I knew that someone was going to sit in the exact same location where I was sitting and looking at the same exact uh, legs of that chair. They were going to look out that window and see the most majestic, beautiful mountains that I was seeing. And I knew that lives were going to be saved. Thank you. Thank you. Let's hear for Terry. Thank you, Terry. You see, Raw is about inspiring veterans, military service members, and their families to discover hope, healing, and purpose. And those warriors in which we serve are not only our military service members, our veterans, their spouses and children, but also go to the parents and the siblings. I'll never forget at this retreat, I was talking to Buddy, whose brother served in Vietnam, and how he shared that when his brother came home from Vietnam, how he was scared because he didn't know how to interact with his brother. And it makes a difference. You see, Raw is there to bring that hope. We're to be that foundation. It's our dream and our desire to, to not only have these retreats, which we're going to have six retreats over the next year up there at Lodestar Mountain Inn, but um, we also are partnering with other veterans organizations to be that hub of hope so that can partner to send veterans and their families to those places that, where they can find help, whether it's through the VA system or outside of the VA system. It's our dream that we, will, that we will be able to, over the next year, year and a half, we'll be able to have provide life coaching, spiritual coaching, financial coaching, helping these individuals, these warriors find their dreams, and then to be able to have the, the funding available to be able to help them get through their dreams, their, this process, and to then launch them in their dream, to grant them money. Isaiah is that, is that very veteran, and I talked with him. Isaiah was sitting on a bus in South Carolina, and during COVID, as he's been trying to figure out how to heal, he's decided to buy a bus, and he's renovated it, and he's living on that bus, but he's got a dream to be able to go cross-country because he said this in the, the video. The, you didn't get to see that part. There's a long video there with him, but he said this. He said, I've served my country, but I've not seen my country. I thought that was powerful. Of how many of us have, have taken that, sworn that oath to defend our country, but never seen it? And he wants to use that bus to allow other veterans to ride with him cross country so they can find healing within the, the bonds of brotherhood and sisterhood that comes through serving their country and coming back. And so we're going to be able to help fund him eventually by, by putting him through all these coaching services and then being able to give him money to be able to take care of that bus so he can do that and help bring healing. You see, we want to be that. If we're not, we want to be able to provide the services for them. We want to be able to, to also know that, well, that they can figure out how to navigate the VA system. I think I've gone through just about everything through the VA, and it's taken me a long time, but I think God did that so that I can help others go through the VA system now and figure out how to navigate that. We want to be able to do that. And not only that, we want to make sure that we're serving all veterans. We're serving all veterans not just the disabled veterans, not just the combat wounded veterans, not, not just the honorably discharged vet, veterans. Because there's some great men and women out there who got out of the military service due to some knucklehead thing they did while they were serving and they have a bad conduct discharge. And because of that, they're not allowed to be able to have the benefits that the VA offers. And they're struggling and they've lost hope and they need healing and they can't find their purpose. And so Raw wants to partner with them to find their purpose. 
So we want to serve all veterans, regardless of discharge status, disability status, or service-connected disabilities. You see, we have a big dream. And a big dream comes with, from a big God, because God has called me to do this. This isn't something for me. I mean, I could go on and on about how God has done this and what he's done in my life to even bring me to this uh, five years ago, dreaming of a 500-acre property to do a retreat center, and God delivered it to me in March. But with partnering with Steve Wingfield Ministries, who said, here is this 524-acre property. God's big. Use it. Eventually, we'll take this into what I'm calling Raw for Law, which will be reaching out to our law enforcement community, our first responders, um, our, our firefighters, and rescue to also help them through these same things because they are on the front lines in our country every day facing horrors that we can't even imagine, and they need help as well. You see, I have that hope and that, that help because of Jesus Christ, and I want to take that to other people. You can have that hope through Jesus Christ, no matter what trouble you're facing today. You can partner with us with Raw by praying, giving, or serving. I have information out at the table that you can talk to me after service. But I want us to come back now and bring this back into our personal lives today and that God wants each and every one of us, each and every one of you today, no matter what you're going through, no matter what you came in here with today and where you might be feeling, I want you to realize that this is you. You can bounce back in the hope of Jesus Christ because this is the statement that I've realized is true, that Jesus is the secret to resiliency. It is through him and in him that we gain our spirit of resilience. If we combine it with the physical, mental, emotional and relational health we will truly be the resilient warriors that can bounce back to the original form no matter how hard we fall let us pray Heavenly Father I thank you for this day Lord I thank you for this time that we've been able to gather in your name God God, I, I thank you for your visions that you put out before people that to step out into to places of faith to, to make a difference in the, your people's lives God Lord, I thank you that you're a God that we can cry out to you when in those times when we feel like we're sinking and the storm is all raging around us, that we can cry out and reach out and say, Lord, save me. And you're there. But it takes us taking action first. Maybe that's you here this morning. Maybe, maybe you've kind of been in that storm of life today and, 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 or in, in the past here uh, weeks, and you just don't know how you're going to bounce back. But, but you say today, you know, Pastor Jason, I realize that it's because I need to cry out to God. I need to cry out to Jesus, and I need you to pray for me. And if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed this morning, if that's you and you need, you need that prayer to help you have the strength to cry out to God for that help as you're going through these storms, would you just lift your hand and put it right back down today? If that's you, thank you. Thank you. We thank you. Lord, there are people all around this room, all around worshiping with us online, God, that, that need your rescuing reach. They're crying out to you, God. You know, maybe you're here today and you're like, you know, I, I just don't think I'm worthy of that. But guess what? God says you're worthy. I'm the, I don't care where you were last night. I don't care what you did. He wants you to know he's crazy mad in love with you today and that you can be in that relationship with him by just accepting his son, Jesus Christ, as his Lord and Savior. And you say, God, you know what? I, I want to take that step today. I want to take that step today and I want to I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I want to accept you as helping me become that resilient warrior that you've designed me to be. 
And then you just say, thank you. You know, if that was you today, I want you to make sure you tell somebody. Tell Pastor James. Email him at james at salemfields.com or email us at info at salemfields.com that you made that decision. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for all you've done. We're grateful for all you do. We give you praise for it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, one thing is this. is like There's a song that was out there that was kind of my theme song for this, but some of the lyrics aren't right for it. But there was a song by Chumbawamba. And Chumbawamba had a song that was called, I get knocked down, but I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. I get knocked down, and I get up again. You're never going to keep me down. When you have that mindset and you have that power that comes through God, you're never going to get knocked down and not be able to get back up. Thank you. You've heard the passion of Jason's heart, and you've heard how God has uh, kind of pushed that passion forward and called him. And uh, we want to partner with him. And so uh, today I'm going to ask as part of as us kind of fulfilling this vision and working through our vision that, uh, that beyond our regular giving of tithes and offerings, that 30 people or more, 30 individuals, families or more would decide that they were going to give $100 a month for the next two years to make sure that RAW happens, to launch RAW and to make sure that we have this ministry in our local community. Someone asked me, uh, last week. Well, we're doing global stuff, but what about the local stuff? And I said, hold on, hold on, hold on. We're going to do local too. And this is a part of us doing local ministry. I, uh, I have a cul-de-sac that I live in, and over the last six months, everyone that has moved to that cul-de-sac has been military. And it's just amazing how God has kind of raised this community up to be a military community. What better way to engage in our local community than to partner with Raw and to partner with Pastor Jason as he launches Raw. So we're, we're challenging you. We're asking you to engage. I, I told you the vision. You can pray, you can give, and you can go. We're encouraging you. We're asking you to engage in this. And if you want to do that, make sure you, as you leave here today, you kind of stop by the table and, uh, and Jason has information there and people that will give you more information. Before Jason goes, we want to pray with him and give you opportunity to pray with him. Would you stand together and let's just kind of pray and, and commission. I like this idea of commissioning, sending people, sending people. And uh, they go uh, on behalf of us and they go with our support and with our encouragement and our prayers. And so we're going to do that today. Father God, I thank you. Can, we, can I interrupt you? Yeah. Instead of praying for me, mm -hmm. can we pray for those in this country, this room right now, that are our warriors? Yeah. That they will have an impact on the, the warriors in their lives, that they'll be that voice in the community, that mm -hmm. we commission them. Mm -hmm. And we'll commission so, you too, because you're one of them. Fine. That's yeah. fine too, but, yeah. but if, you, if, if, if you serve or you're a warrior, would you just kind of step forward down yeah. here this morning? Yeah kind of lifted COVID restrictions, we can kind of move around a little bit more. Good, yes. But if you serve and you're a warrior, or you, and that a warrior means that if you are a child of those that serve, mm -hmm. the spouse, the parent, the sibling. Awesome, 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 awesome. And if you're online, just kind of, you know, stand up where you are or something like that. Great. I or, thank you. or check in or do a check in so we'll know as well. Look at this crowd. My goodness. 
my goodness. Now you know why Jason is passionate about it and why we're passionate about partnering with him. Father God, thank you so much for everyone that's sitting, this everyone that's standing in front of us. Thank you for the folks who are standing at home, warriors that have been called out, who have served. And Father, we just thank you for them. And Lord, we ask your richest blessings upon them, that they be empowered by your spirit. Lord, that as they, as they have touched and served lives, that Lord, that you would pour back into them a double, triple, and quadruple portion of what they've poured out. And Father, we pray that they would not only um, have served and have given of themselves, but Lord, that they would know what it means to know you, to be filled with your spirit, to have a relationship with you. And as Jason has already prayed, there might be people online or even in front of us who don't know you. And this is a great time to know you. Thank you for the passion that you've put in this young man's heart, a passion to work with uh, resiliency with warriors. And Lord, I pray that you would, um, that you would empower him. I, I just always believe that when you give vision, you resource the vision with people, with finances, with energy, and with more vision. And so, Father, I pray that Jason will be a conduit that uh, you would use him in mighty ways and that this, that this raw foundation wouldn't just be something that would be in Spotsylvania County and in Richmond and this greater metropolitan area, but it would go all over the nation and even around the world because your vision is way bigger and can do amazing things once it's engaged. And so we thank you for him. Be with him, be with his family these days. Bless him, encourage him, fill him, use him. And thank you for those who have served this nation here at home and around the world. May they be encouraged today by a man who's been called out to serve them and help them serve others. We thank you, we give you praise. Amen and amen. Just have a seat for a second, and I'm going to keep you for a couple more seconds, and I'm going to get you out of here. We're so glad that you're here today, and if you were here for the very first time, we would love for you to go online, selenfields.com slash um, um, visitor card. There's a visitor card you can get there, connection card, excuse me, slash connection, and you can, uh, you can um, fill that out, and we'll know you're here. We thank you for your support, your giving of tithes and offerings is how we make all of this happen. A couple of things that are coming up, a family kite flying date, September to uh, June, excuse me, Saturday, June the 5th from nine to noon. And so that's a family connect event and we're excited about that. Next week we'll be honoring our graduates in our next week's uh, 11 o'clock service. And so we wanna, want you to encourage you, if you have a graduate, we wanna know about that so that we can honor them. And then we need some volunteers for our Saturday movie nights. The first one's coming up June 11th, Beauty and the Beast, and we just need some people that can do parking and clean up and different things like that. So if you want to engage the vision that way, that's going to be something that we invite the whole community to. We would love to hear about it. Just take out your connection card, do it online, or just send something to us at info at selenfields.com. We're so glad you're here. We know that you can be a, a number of places, and so we're, we're glad you're here. God bless you. Go in peace, and may peace of God go with you. Hey, guys. 
Thanks so much for being here today. I hope that that Jason's message really spoke to you about the power that God has for all of us. And if you're a military member, we would love to connect with you. I know Pastor Jason would love to follow up with you. Or if you're interested in learning more about RAW and ways that you can be involved in supporting that ministry, we have a link at the bottom of your screen that you can follow to, to follow up with Jason. So we are so glad that you're here. And next week, we're going to continue this State of the Church series about engaging the vision. So we hope to see you then. Take care.